Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon. On a Monday, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO, Trent Condon, Ken Miller. Back wearing his twins cap after a sweep. Hadn't seen <laughs> yes. that bad boy in weeks. Uh, Miller and Condon with you for the next couple of hours. We talk sports right up until well, just before 1 o'clock. BMW of Des Moines guest list shapes up like this. Bottom of the hour, we will talk Iowa State with our friend Nick Olson. He's back from Dallas. Uh, Big 12 media days are behind us. We'll do that. I'm thinking I'm probably going to start with basketball. I'm anxious about to, to learn about this JT. Rock kid uh, who's uh, going to re- has reclassified. Uh, pick Nick's brain as to whether he'll see the floor at all this year or potentially for a few games before uh, he puts on the red shirt. We'll see. We'll talk to uh, Nick Olson on Iowa State topics at the bottom of the hour. Tommy Birch is going to kick off hour number two. Usually Matt Snyder is here. He is on vacation. Birchie, Trent and I will uh, toss around the ball, a little MLB conversation as uh, we are now, what, one series into the second half. We'll talk Major League Baseball and the Iowa Cubs as they return home tomorrow night with Tommy Birch and then Scott Dockerman from The Athletic whose uh, lengthy, lengthy multi-part series continues. One Another one published this morning. We'll talk that about Doc. Big Ten Media Days a week from today or tomorrow? Next week. Yeah, we right. We right. Next week. Uh, we'll talk to Scott Dockerman. I thought it was the, later in the week. I think it's early in the oh, week. Oh, okay. You know better than me. Uh, yeah, you're on vacation, and I'm disappointed we're not going, but you're on vacation. I get it. It's your, it's your week. You get to uh, finish baseball and catch your breath before football. That's right. Ready or not, because here it will be coming. And then Trent's Plays of the Day, uh, that's coming up at about, oh, 10 minutes or so before 1 o'clock. Rory McIlroy wins. Steph Curry wins again. Do you happen to see any of his weekend? Holding one on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Sinks a, I don't know, 15, 20 footer for Eagle. I don't even know the tournament he was in. <laughs> but just. It was the celebrity tournament. The celebrity, but just yeah. the talent that the guy mm-hmm. has, right? Just incredible. Um, fun tournament. Saw a bunch of clips of that on uh, Twitter over the weekend. Will we have any resolution in the DirecTV WHO dispute by the weekend? Because I'm pretty sure that's where the British Open is this coming weekend. That is incredibly frustrating. The frustrations at the Condon household continue. You know what? My wife and I watch every night oh, right. before bed. We yeah. watch Jeopardy. Mm-hmm. And a couple weeks ago, flip on the recording. It just recorded. We play it later on in mm-hmm. the evening, 9, 30, 10 o'clock. And they see the dispute. Yep. And it goes into next week. Yep. The dispute. You know what's going to be settled, Trent? The week before Sunday night. Uh, no, mm. uh, who's got, do they have, they've they called football week one, do they not? NBC? Oh, yeah. Don't they have like Rutgers Northwestern they or do. something like They've that? Got, yeah. uh, early, that's a Sunday morning affair. That's right, 11 a.m. Um, so that that's when it'll, if it lingers, before football comes around, seemingly they, fingers crossed, I want to say always do, but seemingly they always do, and we'll see. But uh, yeah, so British Open, get ready to have your rabbit ears or however you're going to watch it. Mm-hmm. Give yourself a few days in advance if indeed you like to watch golf and like to watch that tournament. Uh, from the weekend, did you see any of the Wimbledon yesterday? It's pretty fun final. It, it really was. It was. We're not tennis guys, no. But boy, there was some. Uh, there was some. There was some high level. Well, yeah, that's a Wimbledon final. You would expect <laughs> yeah. that these guys are going to be pretty good. My God, they were. You know, that was also something where getting Alcaraz out there, 
he's a guy that even if you casually, and I'm very casual, well, if you don't tennis, know the name now, get ready because this kid's right. 20 years old. Exactly, and to get him in that environment, to get him also against Djokovic, mm-hmm. those two combined having it happen at Wimbledon. It's not the Australian, right? Having the French, it, yes, having yeah. it in that environment, I, I think is going to be. Something that's incredibly important for men's tennis. Mm-hmm. Look, the American guys still have not clicked. And we've heard about all of them that have come through since Andy Roddick. Been, now, this is going to be while. the next one, right? Yeah, this is going to be a while. And none of them have hit mm-hmm. at the level anticipated from Sam Query and on and on and on. There's been so many of those guys just wait. And it hasn't happened. Yep. Well, if we're not going to get an American, you have another star. Roger Federer's gone. Mm-hmm. We'll see if we'll ever see Nadal again. He's what, 37, 38? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Does he got one more run in him or one more season he's going to try to put together? Still to be seen. And Djokovic is not young either. I mean, this is not a guy that is, you know, 28 years old and all of a sudden. No, he is in the same breath of those first two guys that I mentioned. You need a young star, and you definitely have it. The attitude that he plays with, <laughs> the looking at the crowd, he. He played the moment up incredibly well, and to do it against that kind of guy. Yeah, on that, that was, stage. It was a fun Sunday of tennis. I don't watch a ton of it. No, nor do I. But that's one that certainly pulled me in and got me going. Also, I had a future ticket on Joker, so yeah. after what happened earlier in the morning to me, I had to hedge out of a little bit as they went into the fifth So the, the Scottish Open started early. That's what you... Apparently, I didn't know about it. And, and and where would it have aired? Was it on the Golf Channel? Golf Channel, PGA.com, you know, all the streaming components, those kind of things. But I didn't realize because of impending weather, they're going to open things up That's early. second straight week? No. Yeah. yeah. Well, the Quad, City, the Quad City got in. So the week before that, week before, over right. in Detroit. Yes, that right. was the other Ricky's one. Ricky's win. But that was also, I don't know, for whatever reason, just the early start time, I didn't realize. So... I had my five guys as I do every single mm-hmm. week and had some good showings. Had Hatton, who had a great Saturday. He had himself a chance going into Sunday, feeling good about that ticket. And my last ticket that I had was Robert McIntyre at a little better than 100 to 1. Jesus. Now, very easily, if I saw the run that he had, Rory coming up the last couple of holes, mm-hmm. I would have hedged it. And he went birdie, a, birdie to beat you. He did. Birdie, birdie to beat And both of them, he absolutely stuffed both those mm-hmm. shots that were... I saw the one that he hit at 17 within five feet. The average distance on approach shot was like 35 feet. Wow. On 18, where he hit it in within 15, mm-hmm. the average approach was like 60 feet. And he stuck both of those and then drilled, drilled both putts to knock me out. But I would have hedged out of it. It was a $10 ticket, better than 101. We're talking about $1,000 wow. in my account. That would have been your biggest would've... score, right? 105 yes. to 1? Yeah, because yeah. I got the Canadian. That was 70 to 1 here, what, a little more than a month back. This one would have been even bigger, and I didn't have the opportunity because I didn't realize. So getting kids ready in the morning, they slept in on Sunday, so we got to sleep in, which was great because we did Adventureland on Saturday. Oh, and, you did? And they were wiped. So they were sleeping in. Again, I would have been up, if it was a normal schedule, I would have been up probably an hour and a half earlier. Not the case here. And I get the little alert. I have the alert set up for golf on ESPN.com. Roy McElroy goes birdie birdie to... <laughs> And it wasn't even that. That was not the headline to defeat Robert McIntyre. And just my heart sank. I had him. Did you I, have him any top fives or anything like that? I had him a top 20, and he was a little better than two to one there. But yeah, that's nothing. It's, yeah, absolutely mm-hmm. compared to what the score mm-hmm. could have mm-hmm. been. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, with then tennis happened a little bit later on, I'm like, well, I already got. 
Joker here. I, I I absolutely need to hatch out of this as it was going to the fifth set and what that was. But a frustrating weekend. That what could have been. That's that's a major major score that went down the drain yes. for you. Uh, congrats to Jared Stansberry won the Bet Rivers contest yes. that we're all part of. You made it to the finals. I did, and actually I I hit both of my bets, but he um, had a parlay in there, ah. so. Uh, good for Stansberry. He joins the club, the yes, winner's circle. That's right. And uh, welcome another member. So that that was good. That was fun. Anyways, baseball from over the weekend was terrific. I uh, enjoyed the heck out of it. It is pretty darn uh, clear to, I think it should be to everybody, uh, that the Cubs, and we're getting closer, what, two weeks from tomorrow, I want to say, is the trade deadline? I want to say it's actually August 1st this year. I thought that's I read... two weeks from tomorrow. Two weeks from tomorrow, yeah. Right, today's the 17th, Yes. So two weeks from tomorrow is the trade deadline. Because normally 31st. Yep. And then that's shifted at times because of different circumstances. Mm -hmm. But I believe I read somewhere last week it was August 1st this year, which would be a good thing, right? An extra day of content. Yep. (laughs) Get an extra day of leading into it a little bit more. I'm fine with that. Well, you'll be on vacation. You'll be real... No, you won't. No, you'll be be back for that. I'll be back. You'll be back for that. Anyways, so... um, If the Cubs... What do you think... What's it going to take to win the Central Division? 84. Four wins. I think it's going to be more trend. Uh, the Reds are ten games above five hundred at this point. Uh, the Brewers are. Oh, the Brewers are. The yeah. Reds are. What are the Reds? They're right behind. They're them. six uh, games. Six games. Yeah, six okay. games above five hundred. Two games back of the Brewers in the standings. Okay, so regardless of who's uh, in front, there there's ten games up. Mm-hmm. There's no there's no safety net. I don't think you're going to get a wild card out of the no. uh, out of the Central Division. Wow. Cubs have seventy games left. In order for them to get what? What was your number? Well, I said eighty-four, but if I the, think eighty-seven, yeah, the Brewers, if they play at their projection, they'd win eighty-nine and a half games, a little mm-hmm. ninety games, playing at the pace they are right well, now. Well, then the Cubs are going to have to go like forty-eight and seventeen. Oh, jeez, that's not no. That's there's not there's happening. no chance. So what do you do? And, uh, forty-eight and twenty-two. Beg your pardon. Um, you sell if indeed there if indeed the um, market says sell, but not. Trey Mancini. I mean, you're getting a bag of balls. No, you got you got to get Bellinger, which is too bad because boy, wouldn't he look at a good Nick Cubs uniform uh, for the next four, whatever they whatever kind of contract he's going to sign. And Trent, still he's can on, happen. Well, he can, but mm-hmm. there's been no indication. Marcus Stroman, Kyle Hendricks. Might this be the end of Hendricks uh, as a Cub? I think you keep Steele. Yes. Is, uh, uh, by all accounts, you keep Steele. Um, Fulmer get yeah. Fulmer's what, a bag of balls, right? Lighter, same. Alzali, you keep. I think you do. How old is he now? He's got to be late twenties. Twenty eight. Yeah, yeah. Keep him around. He's mm-hmm. he's emerged this mm-hmm. year. You go that route, but get rid of relievers. You get a couple of yeah. low level prospects. Hopefully, one maybe, of those maybe hits. a Drew Smiley if you want a lefty. Right. Merriweather throws a hundred miles an hour mm-hmm. out of the bullpen. Um I don't think anybody's going to want to take Patrick Wisdom on. Although he's got some pop in his bat, but he's batting yes. 190. But if there's a team that needs a third baseman, all mm-hmm. right. Or first, direction. he can play first base too. You're not trading for him to play first, though. It's probably more of a hole. If you have mm-hmm. a hole at third, that's not the guy you'd hope is your first baseman, you wouldn't think. But just when you put it in those terms, you're absolutely there's right. There's no way. There They're not winning that many games. There's just not a path yep. there. Unless you think both the Brewers and the Reds are both going to hit the skids in this. No. To think both the teams also are going to take a step back. I just don't see happen. it. No. I don't see it. Um, so so this is going to be an eventful two weeks, Cubs fans. And look, the schedule is at least favorable for you right now. Um, 
Washington starts the three game series. Mm-hmm. Then the Redbirds, you get to see you get to see uh, St. Louis eight times before the end of the month. Sandwiched wow. in between, there's a couple of games with the floundering White Sox. So the schedule's conducive to making a little run. But look at September. I, I went ahead and looked at September. My good God, you've got to play Atlanta at Atlanta. You've got to play the Brewers. You've got to be the, play the Diamondbacks uh, seven times. And don't look now, although the Diamondbacks got swept this weekend by the suddenly red-hot Toronto Blue Jays. <laughs> um, Arizona's not going anywhere. You do catch maybe a, a couple of breathers with Pittsburgh and Colorado. Mm-hmm. But I just don't see it, Trent. I don't see this team. And it was a couple of weeks ago, a lot of folks out there, Cappy being one of them, yeah. that thought that this team, and I think Mike Palm said the same thing, yeah. uh, that the Cubs are going to be the team that uh, prevails in the Central Division. I just don't see it happening. I'm right there with you. We've been continuing to talk about a path for the Cardinals. Same thing there, there is none. It's no, worse. Abs- yeah, they're, they're three and a half games back of what the Cubs are. Mm-hmm. Are they going to go 50 and 15? No. <laughs> no, of course not. This team is not going to do anything like that. They've shown no ability to do anything close like that. So... Cubs, Cardinals, big trade deadline, and then the Cardinals keep talking about next year, though. Is that the right path? Is is this a one-year blip? Good question. This is one teams wrestle with all the time. Do you tear it down, or do you get rid of some guys and you want guys that can fill a roster spot next year? Look, I think, and I I could be wrong, I'm not a Cardinal fan, but I think this is a pretty loyal fan base, right? It is. And I think if you sold it properly and you didn't try and BS them and pull the wool over their eyes, and you need to tear it down to build it back up again, will you put, what are the average, upper 30s, I got to say, probably, 35,000 a game? Yeah. Is that a fair number? Well, they for... had the second best attendance when we looked it up when we talked to Brian Walton last week in all of baseball. Okay. Home. So what is what does it do to their um, butts and seats, which is still pretty important to them? I mean, it's probably more about next season. If you tear it down here, what is your offseason going to look like? And uh, we're just going to run it back. I don't know. It's, it's that difficult question, too. If this continues in this space, and they finish last in the division for the first time since, what, what was it, 88? Way back, yeah, yeah, way way back back in the day, the last time they finished last in the division, losing record. It's been fifteen years. Mm -hmm. Just all these different things. How excited is that fan base that ponies up every single Mm -hmm. year to buy the season Mm -hmm. tickets, to buy the packages, to get the mini packs for ten games a year? How excited is the fan base going to be? Now, of course, if you trade away Arnado and Goldschmidt, and you really do tear it down. Well, then you get into different territory that, again, the Cardinals but have not dealt with. you get the most back if you do, you do. If you do trade those guys. It's, um, it's a tough decision. We'll see. Uh, meanwhile, your Minnesota Twins are now two and a half games in front of first place. That's, and it wasn't easy against the A's. No, it wasn't. I watched a lot of that series. My God, there was nobody there yesterday no. afternoon. That was just, it was just brutal. I get it. I'm not, I'm not being critical of the A's fans. Their team is leaving. Yes. Um, that's the good news, that the team is two and a half games in front. Byron Buxton's last thirty games, he's batting a buck forty one. Seems high. <laughs> it's been that bad, huh? It's been awful. So what has happened to him? He's hurt. He's even though he's the DH, he's, he's hurt. A, he's damaged goods. You mm. cannot play him defensively in the outfield anymore. So are we looking at another Miguel Sano with him? No, I wouldn't put it at that range. Because didn't we both think Sano was going to be, I mean, yeah. sky's the limit type of player? Well, and the power really never went away from Sano. It was just the strikeouts continued to build. That great batter eye that he had, where he'd be spitting on pitches just outside the zone, that started to deteriorate a little bit. And then all of a sudden you do it. Well, you still got the pop, but mm-hmm. you're hitting 210. Buxton, 
they have a tough decision because last year they shut him down. Mm-hmm. There was a chance they could bring him back, but he is just such a different player and that reckless style that he played with for the first six, seven years. Yep. It's caught up physically. How many games has he played in the outfield this year? Zero. He hasn't played on the, any. No. I, I don't, unless it was a... Well, I know it's, if it is, there's only a handful. That's he hasn't started a game. I'm almost positive. He hasn't started a game in the outfield. I don't know if he went out there you know, late in a game or something like that. I don't even believe he has. And think of the way that handcuffs your roster, too. Yep. How many teams now use yep. that DH as a half day off, mm-hmm. right? All right, you're going to do that. You shuffle guys around. You can The flexibility that it gives you on your roster, Twins don't have that flexibility because you're locked in every single day. You know who the DH is going to be. So if a guy is a little bit iffy, you know what? You can still swing it. We're going to put him. Well, you can't mm-hmm. because that position is absolutely locked. It really makes it difficult, I think, for Rocco, the manager, to put that lineup together every day, not having that kind of flexibility. The offense has been absolutely terrible this year. And I wonder if the hopes of Buxton and Correa, another guy that's been banged mm-hmm. up this year, can they turn it around at this point, this deep into the season? Now, last year, Correa did that. Now, as the Twins were falling out of contention, he was the one guy that actually ascended in August and September. Does he have another one of those runs? He has always been a guy that gets off to slower starts, but you just hope because you look at this team, they should be a lot better offensively than they are. They, this should be not the 28th team in baseball and mm-hmm. run scored. They should be better than what they are at this point with what you have with not just those two guys too, but the depth of the lineup. I mean, Vasquez behind the plate has been a huge disappointment. He's a guy that... Yeah, he's a good glove, but he can swing it a little bit. Yeah, he did with the Red Sox. Certainly not yeah. the case this year. He's got two home runs to his credit. Seven doubles on the season. Guy's played 61 games. <laughs> that, that is a problem. By the right way, Buxton's been by DH the entire season. Gallon. Gallo comes in. He had a big start. home run the other day. He did. They needed it, yeah. but he's also hitting 187. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's not just about batting average. I get it. We sound like a couple of old guys because no, we, we are. No, but we are. Michael Taylor, same way. He's batting right. what? Two what? Low, low two teams. Kepler's been hot. He's up to 209. Yes, he has been hot. <laughs> up to 209. Taylor's batting 218. Miranda, who they thought was going to send this year, he has been a disappointment, got sent down. He's hitting 211. Their best player is Edward Julian, the young guy. Mm. And where are they going to play him? And Royce Lewis is hurt again? Down. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Polanco's close to coming back. This team, though, is broken. And I don't think it's something where as simple as, hey, let's go out and get a bat. It's not enough. That's not enough for this team. When your crappy division gets swept out of the playoffs mm-hmm. again, that is your 2023 Minnesota Twins. Yeah, and the division trend. Is there a team that... How far back is Detroit? Six. Are they in it? No. No. It's, so it's it's Cleveland or bust? I mean, the Twins yeah. beat Cleveland, the Twins win the, win the uh, division? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's as simple as that. I can't see a run out of this Tigers team. The pitching still isn't there. Yeah. The White Sox, though, a couple nice wins on Saturday and Sunday against the Braves, though they tried to let it slip away on Saturday night. I was watching that Oh, my God, wasn't that fun? That was. And it starts off with Acuna going deep, like, all right, here it is. Yeah. And found a way to get it done. Because they got pounded on Friday night. The Braves were up 4 nothing after the first inning, and it just got worse after that. Last night, something I rarely do. You're a Sunday night baseball fan. I love fan. it. You are locked yep. and loaded yep. seemingly every single mm-hmm. week. It's a background filler for me at best. I was locked in last night. Wasn't that a fun time. game? That was a really entertaining game. And yeah, I hope you stayed with it till the end. I did. Because I got real good in the 8th and ninth. Throwing down the helmet, too. Yep. It, it thought he had it into right field. Yep. That was... 
a really fun ball mm-hmm. game. Had power all over the place. Had mm-hmm. home runs and Astros don't look now. Yeah. Only three back in the division. They're uh-huh. they're going to be rounding in the form by I the time we are. get into September. So is that again. the American League team right now that you got your eye on? Yeah, and I've I had them in What's the preseason. What's their price? Oh, I I guess to win the pennant, to win the American League. No, no, League? no, to win it all. Oh, it can't be bet any higher than seven to one, can it? I mean, the Braves are the betting favorite by mile. Braves, Braves maybe still the second yeah, choice, maybe, but maybe could be a little bit different. All yeah, right. you know what? You're probably right, Trent. The, the Astros are probably probably Rays Astros. Let's find as far as American League prices. This is to win the World Series. This is from DraftKings. That's what popped up first for me today. We got the Braves a plus three forty to God. win it all. Dodgers the second choice plus five fifty. Then the Rays at six to one, and the Strohs at eight to one. Win the American League, you can get the Astros at four to one. Rays plus two seventy, Rangers plus five fifty. I wouldn't put that bet down now. No, uh, uh-uh. no, there's I've no got them at thirty five to one. Now your Blue Jays at seven to one, maybe mm-hmm. Orioles eight to one. I got a ticket on them to win the American League. I think it Orioles have to, to be as active as anybody at the trade deadline. Their there's farm no system is absolutely loaded. Mm-hmm. They've got a bunch of rookies in the lineup now, or second year players. They're back within a game. Of I the know Braves. they are. This team, they're fun. They're I tried to talk to uh, convince Mike Palm last week. Circuit came out with a yes, no, make the playoffs, mm-hmm. and the Rays to make the to not make the playoffs were twenty six to one. Ooh, and but that was by far, by far the biggest number. I didn't think that was a bad bet. So what would have to happen is the Orioles, Blue Jays. And at minimum, either the Red Sox or Yankees have to overtake them. Mm-hmm. And then you need both the Rangers and the Astros to play well. Yep. To say that can't happen. So the Astros are still eight back of the Rays in the standings. Can they pick up eight games the rest of the year? That's tough. but It's going to be but tough. A, but at 26-1, to 1, I thought, that's worth, it. that's worth a stab. That's not a bad one. I might have to open up the app and take a peek at that. Is that still up right now? The yes-no? Uh, I'm sure it is. I'm, yeah. not, I mean, I'm not sure the price is the same as it was when right. it came out last week. Yes, that one is going to be one that I'm going to have my eye on mm-hmm. coming up there. I like that one. Uh, one more here as we uh, look at the odds to win a pennant. You always like World Series, but it's still one more round that you have to do. I know, but it's a better price. Plus 160 for the Braves. No. 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 Dodgers 270. No. No. Phillies 9-1. to one. See, there's a sneaky team yeah. to me. Did it last year? No. Brewers 9-1. to one. Did well, they sweep the Padres? They did. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they did. Jesus. They came out on fire. So, yeah, I think they won four straight dating back to uh, the last game going into that one. Hmm. Maybe the Brewers. No, they didn't, Trent. They took three of four from the pods. Oh, it was a three or four. Yeah, okay, four game you. series. Gotcha. Three of four. And, you know, with the Brewers, Woodruff's on his way back. Mm-hmm. If Woodruff is Woodruff, you put that in already mm-hmm. rotation, that's very good. Well, they've taken the lead, as you pointed out. I mean, I'm not sure. And I hope Cincinnati sticks around. It's a wonderful story. Let's take those away. Giants are also 10-1. to 1. Mm-hmm. Of the long shots, to win the pennant, that's all this is, get to the World Series, Diamondbacks fifteen to one, Marlins seventeen to one, and then the two disappointments: Padres thirty-five to one, Mets forty to one. You still get the Reds at fifty to one. Who would you throw a couple bucks on? Phillies. It's the Phillies for you. Mm-hmm. I like that price nine to one. I do too. It's kind of winking at me. Yep, I do too. I've got a whole bunch of Mets at twelve to one. How am I doing? Well, a bunch of Padres at fifteen to one. Not great. No, I think I'm going to try and buy out, take take a loss. That would make sense. And I think it's probably time. It's yeah. eleven twenty-five. Speaking of time, it's time for another thousand-dollar home run. 
Head to KXNO.com right now. You can enter this nationwide contest by inserting the keyword grand in the pop-up box. Grand at KXNO.com. Your chance to win $1,000 grand at KXNO.com. Another opportunity coming up in about an hour from right now. Uh, and throughout the afternoon with Murph and Andy, and then the drive with Heather and Sean. Miller and Condon, our week is underway. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Here's number four. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. Welcome back, Miller and Condon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Keyword is grand. GrandKXNO.com, your chance to win $1,000. Let's talk to Nick Oson. He covers Iowa State. He was in Dallas for Big 12 Media Days last week. See, the SEC announced they're moving their uh, Big 12, their their Media Days uh, to Dallas next year. Oh, really? I guess with Oklahoma and more specifically Texas joining the the league, that's where they're going. So maybe they'll move the Big 12 out and the SEC will follow next year in Dallas. Nick Oson joins us. Nick, uh, thanks for coming on. Look, we got a ton of football to get to and I look forward to doing that. But I want to start with JT Rock who's reclassified and is uh, going to be a member and going to be a uh, a student athlete at Iowa State come this fall. What does that mean, Nick? Is what's is it just an, an opportunity for him to, you know, practice with the team and and the staff thinks practicing uh with the Cyclones is going to be more beneficial to playing in the um uh in the division of the league um that he would play in in South Dakota? Is it better for I don't know, competition-wise, or is there a chance he plays? I guess we should throw that into the mix as well. Yeah, Ken. So, you know, this was uh, always great to be back, of course. Thank you. So this was, you know, something interesting that has kind of been bubbling for, I would say, several weeks. Uh, Just going back a little bit, JT kind of came back to campus. It was like mid to late uh, June just to kind of get a feel for things, be around the team that would obviously end up being – is soon to be and, you know, really now teammate here at Iowa State. And and I've gotten to know JT, you know, his family really well kind of throughout the process and going out there. And I just kind of take it back to the Jeremiah Williams transfer. I was really consistent here and on the site that they weren't just going to use that scholarship just to use it. So they were still sitting on this one. The chemistry has been great within the team. Uh, you know, there's talent there, plenty of it. And JT had this opportunity because he is expected to have such a big role long-term at Iowa State to get this chance to develop, to go around much, much, much better competition than he would be in South Dakota. Mm -hmm. I was able to go out there. I mean, there's some talent, but it's, you know, several levels up, obviously, here. To learn from TJ, Kyle Green, this whole staff within the post, and to kind of get more used to really the college life. Now, speaking with JT, people close to him, I'm still of the mindset very much that the expectation will end up being a likely redshirt. But I I just, guys, I can't say enough about how well I think this was done and how beautiful I think it will be both for JT's development as well as just a really smart, useful use of the scholarship if it doesn't end up being this year where you get to see him often, which I don't expect it, you're putting this likely future pro in a great spot in mm. 2024. 
So you have a team that is built up primarily with guards. you got inside guys, Robert Jones, Trey King can play in there a little bit, Hassan Ward. We'll see if he takes a step forward this season. And, of course, Omaha Blue coming in uh, this upcoming season. Say they get to September, and the plan is to redshirt him, and they figure out, you know what? We can't keep this guy off the floor. He is going to be too impactful. And maybe it is only for 10, 12, 15 minutes a game, something like that. But he is going to help our team. How quickly do you think that equation could change if it is right now the plan is to redshirt him? Yeah, if, if you know, if that ended up being the case, Trent, something I would say pretty uh, obvious and maybe drastic would have to change here in the next couple months. And then, yeah, you'd really have to get those wheels spinning pretty quickly um, because, you know, not only like skill-wise is it a jump from South Dakota to the Big 12, but, you know, just physically, I, I know that he's really excited to be able to develop with kind of the strength and conditioning here and things of that nature, so... Knowing JT and his work ethic, he is somebody that could kind of start to and continue to make those changes pretty quick. But just as, you know, JT the person and not the basketball player, I think that's something that would have to be made clear here pretty quickly, like you alluded to, Trent, in the next month, month and a half. Because when you get to mid to late September, you're really already just a few weeks away from the season and kind of turning those gears. I agree that it's a guard-oriented team, but especially when you factor in guys like Omaha, who can essentially play the three through the five, Milan, three through small ball five, plus guys like Trey, Hassan, Rob Jones. There's still some good post play. Even a guy like Caden Fish can come in and be physical around a four, small ball five. So I think there's already maybe an undervalued sense of depth there, even if the team is a little more guard and wing oriented. Uh, you finished with basketball, TC. Uh, let's move to football, Nick. Uh, and you were at the Big Twelve Media Days. I, I know that one of the the on the side topics, of course, was the uh, the gambling right off the bat. And he was hit the very first question. Uh, Campbell was in the uh, in the main press conference uh, and um, didn't answer the question <laughs> as we didn't expect him to do. But where I want to go with you is 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 Rocco Beck. So back when he was, um, you know, being recruited, etc., when he was on campus, when he was uh, behind Decker's last year, I seem to recall that there was there was buzz around Rocco Beck. Um, is he going to be? If he is, and most believe he will be, asked to, you know, to play uh, to be the guy uh, going forward for this team. Is he capable of handling that in your mind, Nick? I would say if that's the case, you know, Ken, and, and things kind of uh, go in that form in that way, I would say without a doubt uh, Rocco would be capable. I mean, you're right. I think as you kind of – for me, it was later in fall camp and then here in spring ball this year when the buzz kind of picked up for me because I had heard a lot of good things about Ashton Cook last year as well. Mm-hmm. But just what I had heard from Rocco last year and then really kind of reports from, you know, outlets outside of Iowa State I'd seen you know things about Rocco working out in the offseason and his release was quicker he's always had that zip on the ball he can move a little bit you know hearing about some of his his leadership a little bit seeing him at prospect camps I don't really have a doubt in my mind that if if that's the case he would be ready I think he's got all the intangibles which are obviously very important especially at the quarterback position and just based on him being a little more vocal Coming from a football family, you know, improving just the sheer throwing of the football, which I think has always been a strength. And, you know, he's got a little mobility to him as well. 
I, I could see him finding success absolutely, kind of, if that's the way that things end up there with Rocco. Rocco's a guy, intriguing prospect, certainly one that you got to know incredibly well, of course, was J.J. Cole watching him last season. I've seen a bunch of his games and called a bunch as well. How about him? I mean, to me, watching him at the high school level over the last three years, he still seems a little bit developmental. He's got that big frame at six foot six, and getting the ball out quicker. I think that's going to be a big part in getting up to speed at the collegiate level. But in a pinch, how ready is J.J. Cole in your mind? I would say really trying about the same level as Rocco from a lot of what I have heard, uh, you know, hearing from, I mean, sources with, with buzz throughout spring ball. That was a consistent thing for me. And again, I got to know JJ and, you know, really people close to him throughout uh, his recruiting process. And it just seems like things have been so seamless for him. That's just kind of a word that I've heard a little bit uh, really throughout things with J.J. because it's such an adjustment outside of football, too, just like I alluded to with J.T. Rock, but J.J. has just taken it on so easily. He, he's made, like, a lot of, you know, kind of connections and already being vocal within the football program. You know, I also saw him at camp. He has really kind of bulked up. You mentioned that big frame, Trent, and he's somebody, I mean, I knew his work ethic just in terms of studying and putting the time in uh, was really off the charts. I recently kind of checked in on just who are some impressive, maybe young guys that, that continue to do their thing uh, in off-season workouts, and his name comes up again. So I, I have not heard a single area of, you know, maybe transition being slow or concern or anything like that with J.J. Cole. And I even get the sense for some people it's even maybe a little bit uh, more sped up than people maybe anticipated with his development. All right. Uh, let's stick with that theme of S- uh, CIML uh, freshman. Uh, Albusama? And uh, Jamison Patton, what do we expect from them in their freshman campaigns? Yeah, so Abu Sama is somebody, you know, even a couple months ago, he's really kind of put on some weight, which which is a really good thing. I want to make clear that that's muscle, that's good weight. And just with his, his speed and kind of body type, we'll see maybe the depth of that running back room and health-wise. I've actually heard good things about several true freshman running backs, including Sama and Carson Hansen. So it's going to be tough for a lot of players to, you know, get that type of playing time. Jalen Noel talked about having responsibilities within the return game. So we'll see for Abu Sama. Jamison Patton is somebody that has come in ready, just like Abu and really this whole class. But the thing is safety is that that room is still very deep mm-hmm. uh, with young players. I think he's somebody that physically – mentally, really with everything, has come in and, and impressed in that sense. But in terms of sheer playing time, I definitely feel like there are several guys, at least early on in the summer, that are ahead of him just because safety room brings back just about everyone outside of Anthony Johnson. Now, we've talked a lot about Higgins coming in from Eastern Kentucky and what him impact he's going to make in the wide receiver room. We haven't talked a ton about Arlen Harris Jr. coming in from Stanford after his freshman campaign. This is a four-star kid that a lot of programs across the country wanted coming out of high school from Missouri. Any buzz, anything you're hearing about Harris and the way that he's acclimated himself to the running back room? Well, yeah, nothing uh, necessarily super recently, Trent, but when there were kind of some questions about him or I was trying to garner a little more there in the spring, it was all good. He's somebody that basically just came in you know, excited to be back, uh, in back in the Midwest, kind of in a new program after his time at Stanford, just came in completely like 
all business type sense, ready to work. I think that he showed his, his physicality and what he brings to the running back room there in the spring, really March and April. He was one of my five or six best players in that spring game. So I think that's definitely good. But yeah, just what I've kind of heard about some of these true freshman guys, I think that the running back room might actually have a little more depth than expected. I definitely believe some of the buzz that I have heard. And if people can stay healthy there, unlike 2022, maybe that ends up being a room where you see three or four different guys when people are really healthy. Uh, Nick, a couple of takeaways uh, that you brought back from Dallas, whether they be Iowa State-related or conference-related. Uh, what uh, what did you bring home? Absolutely. So I, I would say, kind of starting with Iowa State, you know, one question mark, maybe not question mark, one area I was really looking to learn a little bit more that I hadn't heard about was the defensive line. And I think even though there are these major pass rushers that have moved on to the next level, including Will McDonald, MJ Anderson, I think the depth is going to be really good there. We'll see how things shake out in terms of positioning and, and obviously health down the line. But I think that's a group that's that's going to be really deep. And then Big 12-wise, I think a team like UCF is really going to provide some buzz, some recruiting depth, some intensity. As w- They're maybe my top addition in terms of these new teams, at least football-wise. Uh, for UCF, I think Houston will be great basketball-wise. But speaking on Big 12 Media Days football, there was just there was a buzz about them, and, and I think that the fans of their respective program and what they do, especially recruiting in Florida, is really going to make an impact in the conference. Uh, one more note from Big 12 Media Days. So they hand out an award to the student-athletes, both men's and women's from last year. Max Duggan wins on the men's side, Ashley Jones, and a great honor but it was named after Bob Bowlesby. I, it just struck me as odd. Look, credit for Bowlesby of how he pulled this whole thing together mm-hmm. when Texas and Oklahoma departed. And there was nothing Bob Bowlesby could have done to stop them from going to the SEC. It just it it seemed odd. Did it feel odd there in Dallas just hearing Bowlesby name mentioned for an award? I will say, Trent, you know, I kind of <laughs> perked my head up a little bit yeah. when I heard uh, that name in that context just because, you know, yeah, I felt like um, maybe the actual award aspect, that part surprised me. You know, however, much of that was a little bit before my time, and I felt like the actual award is an incredible idea, and I think that it's really cool. Obviously, Iowa State gets a winner, and then Max Duggan, much of his life was here in Iowa. I yep. think that's really kind of a fun aspect to come out of Dallas last week. When is uh, Iowa State's media day? Do we have a date yet, Nick? Are they, have they settled on when they'll do their local uh, first weekend in August, maybe? When's camp start? Yes. Yeah, we don't have uh, the official date for that kind, but that should be in about uh, just over three weeks from now. I believe I was told that first week of August, just kind of figuring out things on a date, and then camp will start a day or two after that. And away we go to another year. So you're so you're buying Central Florida. I think so. Certainly out of the other teams that were there. I mean, obviously so much of my job is recruiting. Yeah. And they've really landed some nice four stars in this class. Uh, just the way everything was set up and kind of this whole team that they brought with them. Hmm. Not even just the, the football guys. I was I was intrigued. I think I'm buying them, guys. Uh, buying them as far as uh, getting to the conference championship, or buying them as as making a uh, having an impact in their first year. But are they? Is it a big enough impact to get them back to Dallas? 
For UCF, no. I won't go quite that far. Um, I, I do think that they make an impact. They should be bowling and will be kind of one of my additions to keep an eye on here in these first three years of Big 12 play. All right. And conversely, sorry, Trent, conversely, who went the other way? Who don't you feel as good about as maybe before you did before you got to Dallas after listening to people talk about this team and what they need to replace, etc.? Who don't you feel as good about? Yeah, I think I would go with Kansas there. I wasn't necessarily super high on them already, but just you know, being there and speaking with people that cover the team, some of the few names that I really knew and recognized defensively, I think have moved on to the next level. I know that there's some confidence there in maybe their front seven, but I'm also curious. I'm a Leipold guy. He's from Wisconsin. I like Jalen Daniels, but just the way they finished last season and maybe not a ton of additions that I think will make an immediate impact. Kansas might not be quite as much of the the story that maybe they were last year in my eyes. Did you have Texas-Kansas State when you voted in the title tilt? I believe, I, I know I had Kansas, I'm sorry, I know I had Texas up there. I believe Kansas State was up there for me. I, I'm also high on Oklahoma too, guys. You are. I think hmm. that they've got too much talent, I think, to really kind of fall flat. And the buzz that I've heard, if Dylan Gabriel is not incredible for them, they've got a top three or four guy in the country in mm. their class right behind him. I think that if things aren't super smooth, they're going to go right to Arnold, and we'll see what happens there. Interesting. Six-win football team last year. Venables needs to have yes, the kind of does. season you think that they could, or he may not be accompanying them to the SEC. <laughs> uh, Nick, great stuff. Appreciate it, as always, Nick Olson, 24-7 sports, cyclonealert.com. What have you got coming up this week, Nick? Yeah, thank you guys. So one one area, I went up to Milwaukee this weekend to see one of the top names to know, Jamarion Bateman uh, for basketball. We're already looking at 2025. About a 1,000-word scouting report on him, an in-depth interview, and we'll have some hoops availability tomorrow as well. The, the kid from Oklahoma, the football player from Oklahoma that Iowa State's really pushing high on, I uh, can't think of his name. What's the Help me out with his name, and what's the likelihood that they can – uh, that they get uh, that they land him. Wit Edwards, yeah, yep. he just put out uh, top eight. You know, earlier in the week, he was maybe saying that wasn't necessary just because there's a clear top three or four. I think that the two teams you really need to watch for are Iowa State, Vandy, maybe TCU late. As of now, I don't think Iowa State trades their spots with anyone, but I don't love kind of how long he wants to take this thing either. Okay, so no, there's there's no definitive. I'm going to announce before uh, before football this year. This thing could drag on, you're telling us. He was shooting for the first week of September, uh, he last told me, but generally, you know, maybe sometimes teams come in late that first or second week of the football season. So it'll be interesting to see because I felt like he was pretty clear on, like, Iowa State or Vanderbilt, but – when you push a top eight, when you take it into the season, things can change, as as I've already learned in recruiting this last year. So. <laughs> Indeed they can. Nick, have a great week. Thank you. Appreciate you guys. Thanks so much. Thank you. Nick Olson, 24-7 Sports Cyclone. Alert.com. If Cole and Beck are indeed nip and tuck mm-hmm. in the month of August, is that a good thing? You've seen Cole, you've seen Cole play a lot. I, I saw have. him play on TV against Southeast Polk. Yeah. I thought it looked great. He was great that game. Yeah, I've that's seen what plenty you've of others said. where right, he hasn't yeah. looked as yeah. capable. Yes.
talent-wise, it is absolutely there. Mm-hmm. The guy can throw it. He can throw it in that spot. He's got the arm strength that you absolutely want. It's a longer throwing motion. He's a big guy. Mm-hmm. He doesn't move real well. And the speed of the game. I mean, those are things. At Ankeny, he had a ton of talent. His junior year, that offensive line was as good as some D3 offensive lines. I mean, they were Jeez. outstanding yeah. up front. <laughs> yeah. And then, obviously, the skill position talent that he also had there. This is It's going to be a change for him. Yeah, I would say if we do hear that, that Cole is nipping, I would see that as concerning. I, I do If too. it turns out to that, if Rocco doesn't win this job, but... And conclusively, in my opinion... But again, that arm talent... Where you feel like, boy, we just can't have that arm. Well, if we're going to go with the young guy. Let's mm-hmm. go with the guy with probably a bigger upside in JJ Cole okay. right away. Yeah, and I think that's also the component that you'd have to look at. But Beck's a pro style quarterback too. He's not going to wow you with his legs. No, no, he yeah, he's not a guy that's going to. He's not Brock Purdy, right? He's not Seneca Wallace. Mm-hmm. And Deckers can run around with it too. Deckers could move around yeah. absolutely. He was a guy that definitely had that ability and the physicality also that he had with mm-hmm. the size that he played at here. It's going to be, and then you got the Juco guy, but yep. is he just roster filler? No, I was told he's Joel Lanning. So that that a type package. of role, yeah, that third down, mm-hmm. uh, that uh, that he can either make a play with his arm or make a play with his feet, and they had plenty of success with that. Mm-hmm. That worked. Yep. In a year where you're probably maybe searching for, now how do you how do you close that gap? How do you win those close games? An extra first down here. An extra get into the red zone there. Mm-hmm. Those are those little things. A score in the red zone that you weren't getting last season it led to a missed field goal attempt a lot of times. A lot of times. In close games, those little things. That's interesting. We shall see. We'll take our final time out. Come back, finish hour number one. Tommy Birch will join us. We'll talk baseball to begin the hour. I think the Cubs are out of it. I don't think I can find a pathway yep. to get this team in. That you did means- the math and the math. The math doesn't work. It doesn't. Uh, that means they're going to, you would think, uh, be sellers uh, two weeks from tomorrow is the Major League Baseball trade deadline. Who does that entail? We'll pick Birchie's brain on that. Uh, and then we will talk to Scott Docterman, uh, who covers Iowa, Miller & Condon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Visit 1-800-BETS-OFF. Uh, final couple of minutes, first hour of the program. Trent's plays of the day. Uh, about an hour from now, less than an hour from now, Circus Sports sponsor those. Uh, Trent, uh, over the weekend, uh, sad passing Randy Larson, who was such a, uh, had such a big impact on Iowa men's basketball, mm-hmm. such a friend of the program. Of course, he was the uh, primetime league, right? That was his baby, a, a league that was, what, about 30 years old? It's about that, that, uh, that time frame. Was around for a long time. It was. Uh, and then sadly went away. Um, but boy, oh boy, that was his baby. And um, I didn't know he was, I knew he was an attorney. I mm-hmm. didn't know he was a restaurateur until yesterday. But sadly, he passed away from uh, from cancer. Owned the airliner yep. for a long time. Uh, Bob's your uncle, another restaurant over and there. And one more. Is it Mabel's? Not sure on that one. Um, but the uh, yeah. story of the airliner, he was the one. He was working that night when right. Chris Street yep. passed away. Yep. And announced to the crowd, and everybody kind of slowly dissipated mm-hmm. out the door, and, and just the impact there. And I think that was in the documentary, right? That it was, was, and he represented yeah. the Street family in the lawsuit mm-hmm. against the uh, the driver. Um, but a huge piece of Iowa basketball, oh, without play. a doubt. And we, all the former players that have jumped on Twitter to you know to express what he meant to them. The PTL was important. It was. 
It absolutely was. It was that bridge mm-hmm. to get us through the offseason. Same thing here with the Capital City League. And I remember at the jock, we efforted, and I don't remember if we pulled it off or not, to carry the final. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. It's, Just because it's, it's mean, something. It was a talker, right? It absolutely is. And yeah. you play the hits. And, that's and that what there it was is. a time when the primetime league was a major, major hit. And now across the whole landscape, uh-huh. nobody does summer leagues nope. anymore. Don't have to. And yet you look at the success of the summer league NBA. Right, yeah. There still isn't a mm-hmm. window there. Well, you know what's gone a big deal? Betting on the Summer League NBA oh, certainly yeah. helped that tell big time. <laughs> That's And having it in Las Vegas. Yes. You know. Uh, Go there, be seen, have some fun. Well, that, that's true. And, and, and Trent, it's becoming a thing. You know, mm-hmm. going because you can go see some stars for a really cheap price. Yep, and it's it, one, one ticket gets you. I don't know if it's the whole day or certainly the I more, think it is afternoon yeah. or the evening. Yeah. But it's a really uh, reasonable ticket price. When Benyana was in it for two games for crying out loud, it's all you needed. It's all you needed. All right, hour number two. We'll talk baseball to kick it off with Tommy Birch, Scott Dockerman on the Hawks. Look forward to catching up with him. We'll get his memories of. Randy Larson as well, because Doc was on the basketball beat for a long, long time uh, with the Gazette. Our entrance plays of the day, Circus Sports Sponsor. Hour 2 is next. It's Miller & Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.